Hey, welcome to Cast These Vibes. My name is Charmonique. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is the TLC episode for their album called Crazy Sexy Cool. So if you are new here, if you just discovered this podcast, thank you so much for taking the time to listen. I really do appreciate it. Just to give you a little information on what I do here. Right now I'm doing a series and I've, this is my second time or second season doing the series where it is 90s themed. So I'm discussing 90s movies and albums this season. And the reason why I'm doing it is because I just want to. It's like a passion project, I guess you can say. I think it's fun. I feel like I love the 90s. I was born in 91. And so just to like go back and talk about these different albums and movies is fun to me. And it could be fun for you to listen to. You might learn some different things. I learn things when I do the research um, for these different movies and albums. So it's just a good time. You know, if this is the type of vibe that you like, then you, you might fuck with it. I also have over 170 episodes. So you're, I'm pretty sure there's something. There's an episode of something that you're interested in. So before season four, before I started this 90 series series thing, I used to talk about a lot of different things, but it's always been on theme as far as just things that I like to watch, movies, music that I like to listen to, different things that I feel like can, put, can provide comfort, uh, things uh, regarding our mental health, and just what an everyday person like me experiences that I think people could be helpful to people and that people may be able to relate to. It's really about relatability and just catching a vibe. So if that's something that you fuck with, then I think that you will like this podcast. Okay, so let's go ahead and get into the episode. So when I talk about these 90s albums, I do like to get go into the history of the artists or the artists in this example it's a group so we're going to be talking about the history of of TLC Uh, to prepare for this I did watch the TLC movie which I really enjoy I think Left Eye I think a little ma was little mama was perfect to play Left Eye she resembles her so much Kiki I think she did a great job as Chili and she kind of resembles her a little bit as well and then Drew Sador, I think she did a great job as T-Boz, but I got, I don't know, I got a little something about Drew Sador. I don't know. I think it's just, you know how somebody acts in some a show or a movie and that role just sticks with them forever? I, that's how I feel about Drew Sador. I, I don't know. I just, it's not that I don't like her. I just, uh, I don't know. But yeah, they, they did a good job. You know, it's like a... BT Lifetime type movie so I mean it's not perfect it's not great but I still enjoyed it and I, I just enjoy watching those 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 movies that are like biographies of different people and different artists so if you haven't watched it I mean it's 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 you know it's cool to you know check it out but yes yeah, so I watched that I watched the behind the music episode for TLC but I have to be honest with y'all so what I've been doing this season a lot, like, I, I mean, I always prepare and write notes, but for this season, I've really been like writing out like a whole, kind of like a script in a, in a way, 
of like what I'm going to talk about and I just pretty much read it. And so I think that definitely helps with the the way that the podcast sounds because it, it helps me with with not saying um too much and saying, you know, extra words that I don't need to say because I do tend to do that. And when I listen back, I when I edit, I do, you know, edit those extra words out for the most part. But sometimes I do it and it's I'm human. It happens. So but the point is, I didn't really get to write as much as I would like to have wrote for this episode. And what I'm going to do is read something that I came across. If that's cool with y'all, if it's not, oh, well, <laughs> because y'all going to have to, you know, you're going to have to listen to it if you want to, of course. But yeah, so I'm just being honest with y'all. I'm about to read something that I came across. The last couple episodes, I read something that I actually wrote and put together. So I just want to, you know, be honest. So I'm going to read this article off of the website called www.blackpast.org. And it's like dedicated to African-American history. So this was prepared by Michelle Zong, May 17th. 2018. All right, so let's get into it. So TLC, a three-member American R&B girl group which incorporates elements of hip-hop and pop, was formed in 1991 in Atlanta, Georgia. Two of the members, Tian Watkins and Lisa Lopez, were originally part of group of a group called Second Nature with Crystal Jones. The group's name was TLC Ski with TLC being an acronym for the girls' first names. Due to conflicts within the group, Crystal Jones left, and as t- and as a two-member group, TLC Ski was featured on a track for Damien Dame's 1991 self-titled album. In 1991, Rosanna Thomas, a part-time backup dancer for Damien Dame, was chosen to be the third member of the group. So I started laughing because in the TLC story, the there's a part where they show the three girls, uh, T. Boz, Lisa, and the girl Crystal. It shows them auditioning for for Pebbles, and the girl Crystal could not sing at all. Like she was kind of terrible. So that part is is actually funny and memorable. Um, from that movie. So after Thomas was signed, the group's name shortened to TLC in order to keep the acronym relevant to the girls' names. Each member was given a new stage name. Tian Watkins became T-Boz, Lisa Lopez became Left Eye, and Rosanda Thomas became Chili. On February 25, 1992, TLC released their debut album, Ooh, on the TLC Tip. The album was a commercial success, with three singles making it into the top 10 of the Billboard Hot 100, and was certified as quadruple platinum in the United States, meaning it sold 4 million copies. Throughout the group's career, TLC has had nine singles in the top 10 of the Billboard Hot 100 charts. TLC has also recorded four multi-platinum albums. Of those four multi-platinum albums, their second studio album, Crazy Sexy Cool, released in 1994, received Diamond Certification from the Recording Industry Association of America. This is still the only album by a female group to be 
or received a diamond certification from the RIAA. Their third album, Fan Mail, was released in 1999. TLC is still the best-selling American girl group in the world, with 65 million albums sold in total, and is second worldwide only to the English girl group Spice Girls, who have sold 85 million albums in total. Since the group's debut, they have won 56 awards. Among the numerous awards, the group has won, most notably, five Grammy Awards, three Billboard Music Awards, and five Soul Train Music Awards. Among these awards, TLC won the Grammy Award for Best R&B Album as well as the Best R&B Performance by a duo or group with Vocal Award in 1996 and 2000. In 2000, TLC won the Grammy Award for Best R&B Song for their song, No Scrubs. At the 1996 Billboard Music Awards, TLC won Artist of the Year, R&B Artist of the Year, and R&B Single of the Year for Creep. So I creep, yeah. In 2012, TLC received the Legend Award during the 2013 MTV Japan Awards. TLC were music and fashion icons of the 1990s, but were also known for promoting safe sex, anti-drug, and HIV-AIDS prevention messages through their music. The group also promoted the message of female empowerment in their song lyrics. In the late 1990s, Tion T-Boz Watkins, who battled sickle cell anemia, became a spokesperson for the Sickle Cell Disease Association of America. On April 25, 2002, rapper of the group Lisa Lefty Lopez died in a car crash while filming a documentary in the Honduras. TLC continued as a two-member group until 2005. In 2007, they started to make appearances again as guest performers for award shows, music festivals, and concerts. In 2015, TLC went on the North American tour with New Kids on the Block and Nelly, making it the first tour the group did in 15 years. On June 30, 2017, TLC released their self-titled fifth studio album. All right now. So that was read from blackpass.org. Check out the website. It definitely has a lot of information. This is honestly my first time that I've heard of the website. So I'm definitely going to take a look at it a little bit more. But yeah, it has some history, black African-American history, global African history, different little things you could check out. So there are some other things that I do want to talk about just, you know, just to get into the, you know, a little bit more juicier details. TLC, you know what, the thing that's really crazy about TLC is that how they are, again, one of the biggest selling American girl groups ever. And for a long time, they didn't see any, they didn't see any of that money that they were making. Like they were making so much money. They were doing so much that it just it's so unfortunate you know and it's it's so funny because I'm I mean it's not funny but after watching the behind the music it there are some clips of Pebbles talking and I guess they also interviewed her back in 1999 and she was just talking as if she didn't understand anything and it's like it's always these niggas don't ever understand why the people are upset and want to cut ties with them you know, once they understand that they, the reason why they're not getting any money, like we've seen it happen with a uh, new edition 
and we've seen it happen time and time again where people they don't they sign contracts they don't really understand it they don't have a lawyer present they don't really get what what they are signing away and then once they figure it out the the manager of who or whomever you know wants to act offended you know so pebbles she it was so funny she like was acting super offended like i was just trying to protect them and if that's wrong then okay, I, I'll be wrong. Like, girl, they wasn't seeing any of that money that they was making. And then you had the nerve to try to turn around and, and sue them. Like, huh? The audacity of these people is crazy. But yeah, so they really didn't get any of that money. They eventually had to file for bankruptcy. And with them filing for bankruptcy, they were able to um, get out of their contract. And that would allow them to be able to make an, a, a deal straight, a straight up deal with uh, LaFace Records instead of, you know, going through Pebbles. They were able to just, you know, directly with with the record company. You know, it's just so unfortunate that they 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 were just such a big group and they really didn't see any of that money. So that was a, a major issue for them. And then. We there was the scandal with Lisa burning down the house. She was with football player Andre. I think you know they like I said. Well, I didn't say this, but the all of the girls they had some type of struggle. I don't think any of them really had their dad in their lives. And Lisa's father he passed away like as soon as she got signed and got the deal with Pebbles, the management deal. She wanted to, you know, relay the good news. And then she finds out that her dad passed away. And so I think she had a lot of trauma from that. And you can just kind of tell just by the way that she was acting out a lot. The way she acted out, you know, with Andre and set his house on fire. Which, I mean, it was an accident. But it's just like, girl, who sets shoes on fire inside of a house like you know you're clearly not really in your right mind doing something like that and the whole reason was because you know and it's not you know not to put all the blame on her because I'm I'm sure that from from my understanding allegedly I guess he he put his hands on her he he was cheating he was doing different things he was going out and not including her so she went out one night she came back home. There was like boxes of shoes and none of the shoes was her size. So she put all the shoes in the tub and, you know, set it on fire. And this is the second incident of her setting something on fire. But because the this time the tub was made out of fiberglass, it wasn't you. She wasn't able to put it out like it just erupted and became bigger and bigger. And there was just no way for her to put it out. So the house burned down and she she was arrested for arson and her lawyer was able to get her into a rehab facility instead of having to serve time and then she was on she had to do 5 years of, of probation i believe once once she got out of the rehab i think she did it was either 6 weeks or 6 months one of the two she spent a little bit, a good chunk of time in there. 
And then after that, she was able to, you know, continue with their videos. And that's when they did the Waterfalls video, which is one of my favorites. And we're going to get into that. We're going to get into the album, to, into the uh, music and the, the videos. And then shortly after that, she was trying to do her own thing. So it was in the movie. She was trying to work with Master P. But then on the behind the music, it was Suge Knight. So maybe it was both. I don't know. But uh, she was she just wanted to do more hardcore rap and maybe with TLC, she wasn't really able to artistically express herself as much as she wanted to. And so I'm going to, we're going to look into like all the credits and how much, how much she really contributed to like the songs and like the writing and things like that. But yeah, I can imagine that she probably didn't feel like she was able to artistically express herself. And because when you think about it, like on the first album, I feel like she maybe she was rapping a little bit more but on the second album we have her she's she's on she's on she has a rap verse on waterfalls but like when you think about the songs like creep digging on you songs like baby 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 you know it's like really t-boss like she's like doing most of the singing like she was the lead singer and then then we would have chili she would like do maybe the a chorus or do like a a bridge but most of the time it was like t-boss so i'm like so as i because i was looking at the videos and stuff and i'm i was just wondering like okay was she doing like the background vocals or like what like what was she doing because it didn't really show her doing any background vocals like on the movie she was just mainly doing her verses so i'm interested to see we're going to take a look into the writing credits and things like that and see if she was like involved in the other songs because if she wasn't then I can imagine that she probably just wasn't satisfied like I would have been sad wouldn't have been satisfied with that either so I guess it's a good time to go ahead and get into the album so we're gonna get into a little bit of both of their of their first two albums because I feel like they were just so important to the 90s and the sound and everything that they did was just just iconic man i really i really love uh TLC and their whole look like their whole aesthetic it was super 90s like the, the baggy jeans the baggy shorts like the hats the, the condoms over their eye like the whole swag was just like something i don't think we ever really saw before from women in the way that they did it it was just really, very innovative and just 90s like to the core so their first album ooh on the TLC tip is a debut out studio album from American R&B group TLC released February 25th 1992 on LaFace Records the title of the album comes from the last line of Left Eyes rap on Ain't Too Proud to Bay the album peaked at number 14 on the US Billboard 200 chart by May 1996, it was certified quadruple platinum by the RIAA for selling 4 million copies in the United States. So we're going to go to just the main, main songs from here. So let's go to Ain't Too Proud to Beg, which was uh, like 
their first their single from this album. So while the song promoted the idea of sexually confident women, it also took the time to promote safe sex, something that would resurface later in their career. The song would ultimately peak at number six on the Billboard Hot 100 and number two on Billboard's Hot R&B Hip Hop Singles and Tracks, becoming their first single to reach the top 10 on both charts. So the songwriters were Dallas Austin and Lisa Left Eye Lopez. They were nominated for the Best R&B Song Grammy Award for this single. Speaking of Dallas Austin, Chili, they didn't really address this on their Behind the Music episode, but in the movie, they do address it. So basically, the way it went down, according to the movie, was that, and I mean, I think the TLC had a, definitely had a, a hand in the movie and the creation of it, so I don't really have to say allegedly, but Chili was sprung off of Dallas. Like, he was just not no good. He was, you know, seeing other girls, but she just was, like, just head over heels for him, from for him from the from the jump. So, in the movie, she, she got pregnant, but he just was like, you know, your career's just getting started. This is going to affect you way more than it's going to affect me. So, she ended up getting an abortion. But she was just like, I really want to be a mom. And so eventually she got pregnant again and then she kept the baby and, you know, but he kept, he continued to be anxious and they eventually broke up and just co-parented. So I didn't want to talk about that. All right. So let's get into some of the lyrics of this song. So this is a song that uh, left off. She's on a lot of the songs. She, there's, there's an intro part. Yo, mic check. One, two, one, two. We in the house. Yeah, come on, 1992 TLC kicking off kicking off in your mother. So you best be ducking fast. Yo, T-Boss, is you being a boss? Chili, what's up with that sauce? This is it. Yo, T, step on that. I ain't too proud. I ain't too proud to bay. So T-Boss goes into her verse. And then Chili, she goes into the bridge. I need to fill up. And then left eye, so the hook is left eye and everybody. So she says, yo, if I need it in the morning or the middle of the night, I ain't too proud to beg, no. If the loving is strong and he got it going on, I ain't too proud to beg. Two inches or a yard rock hard or it's sagging, I ain't too proud to beg. So it ain't like I'm bragging, just join the paddy wagon because I ain't too proud to bet. This video, I really like this video because they, they it just looked like they just was having so much fun creating these videos. So that is, and then the, the final verse is left eye. Realize the realism of reality treats us both the same because satisfaction is the name of the game. So I choose to explain it's evident. Left eye don't mean the rest of my body is irrelevant. In other words, let's refresh your head about pulling down curtains and breaking the waterbed. Yeah, I like it when you ma both sets of lips. Ooh, on the TLC tip. So I really want wanted to look at the lyrics because the way that TL, um, Left Eye raps, sometimes it's kind of hard to understand what she's saying. She raps, like the way that she raps, she reminds me of the Ghetto Boys. Just that. And it's really in this song, like the way that they they rap on Minds playing tricks on me, her style of rapping just reminds me of that. I don't know if it was Scarface's part, but I don't know. Maybe it's just me and my ears, but it, she just really reminds me of that song. 
in that rapping style. All right, so let's get into Baby, Baby, Baby. Following the release of their funky high energy, Ain't Too Proud to Beg, TLC returned with Daryl Simmons, L.A. Reid, and Babyface produced Slow Jam, Baby, 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 led by T-Boz and Chili. The single hit on number one, number one on Billboard's Hot R&B and Hip Hop songs. It peaked at number two on Billboard Hot 100, Behind Boys to Men, End of the Road, which was also written and produced by the trio of Simmons, L.A., and Face. So that's legendary to have, you know, Babyface and L.A. Reid, you know, working on this music for them. So the the hook is baby, baby, baby. I got so much love in me. Lisa represented the crazy, Chili represented the sexy, and T-Boz was the cool. What about your friends? Let's get into this one. This one was produced by Dallas Austin. So what about your friends is the third single release from TLC's debut album. It takes a closer look at one's friendships and asking if they will truly be there for you when you need them the most. And are they just there merely, are they just merely acquaintances trying to take advantage of you? The gold single peaked at number seven on the Billboard Hot 100, number two on the Hot R&B Hip Hop Songs chart, and topped the U.S. Rhythmics chart. A remix of the song featured the first appearances of Andre and Big Boy of Outkast. Dallas Austin's track is built around the guitar sample from the intro of James Brown's Blues and Pants. Wow, everybody don't use that. That's cool. So in a 1992 interview, T-Boss said, Friends is a touchy situation. There's a lot of people out there that you can't trust these days. And basically the song is saying, it's someone who's always with you. They'll be with you to the end. Basically a lot of people, I guess, get their friend turn their backs on them and you get stabbed in the back but a friend is truly your friend they'll always be with you through thick and thin so this song is pretty self-explanatory looks like it's all three of the girls all all throughout the song pretty much let's go out to the left eyes part well is it me or can it be a little i'm a little too friendly so to speak hypothetically say i supply creativity to whatever what others must take as a form of self-hate only to make an enemy. Oh, this this is the one that I'm like, she she's definitely like the flow on this is called a reframe, like a bridge. But the flow on this is the one that I was talking about where it's reminiscent of the ghetto boys and their flow on mind playing tricks on me. So which results in unfortunate destiny. They dog me out and be next to me just because I am what some choose to envy. So the chorus, what about your friends? Will they stay stand their ground? Will they let you down again? What about your friends? Are they going to be low down? Will they ever be around? Or will they turn their backs on you? Very catchy chorus. So those are the only ones I'm going to go through on that album. And let's go ahead and just move on to Crazy Sexy Cool. I love this album artwork. I love it so much. I remember, I really remember having this at home. Their eyes are just so, the eyes just stick out so much. I love whoever designed this cover. Did an amazing job. So let's get get to the, get to the shits. Creep. So one of the things that I love, there's a scene in the movie where Kiki Palmer, she just finds out 
well, she's playing Chili. So Chili just finds out that Dallas Austin is having a baby with somebody. She finds out and she almost gets into it with her, but she's like, girl, you lucky you pregnant because I was about to whoop your ass. But so then once that happens, she like, she has to like face the facts. Like this thing ain't shit. And then she, she, they show her scene with her in the studio singing the chorus. So she's singing. I, I love Kiki Palmer in this, but she's like in the studio, she's in the booth, she's singing. And you can just tell like, because Dallas Austin, he's, he's the one, you know, engineering or producing the song or whatever. So he's on the other side and he's looking at her. She's looking at him and she's just like, you could just tell, just fed up, fed the fuck up. She's singing this chorus. So I quit. Yeah. Like kind of emotionalist, but I don't know. I really like that scene. So the first verse, the 22nd of loneliness. And we've been through so many things. I love my man with all honesty, but I know he's cheating on me. I look him in his eyes, but all he tells me is lies to keep me near. I'll never leave him down, though I might mess around. It's only because I need some affection. So Creep is the first single from TLC's iconic sophomore album, Crazy Sexy Cool. The lyrics are from the perspective of a woman who is aware of her boyfriend's infidelity and in turn cheats on him in an effort to appease her need for affection. It was the female's group's first number one hit and got them a Grammy in 1996 for Best R&B Performance by a Duo or Group with Vocals. Creep was the third most successful single of 1995, finishing behind their other hit, Waterfalls, and Coolio's Gangsta's Paradise. Group member Left Eye was against this song being released. She felt it was bad advice to tell fans to cheat back when cheated on instead of encouraging them to leave. She threatened to wear black tape over her mouth in the video in protest, but instead settled on the verse in the song's remix about the dangers of cheating. She can even be heard in the song saying, don't creep if you don't want to. Okay, yeah, because in the in the movie, when they're at the video shoot, she was, there's like a part where Lisa is saying, you know, she was, this is not really what I, I wasn't really trying to go with this type of vibe for the video. She obviously had other, other ideas in mind, a different vision. And then that's when she did say that she was, you know, going to put the, the tape over her mouth. So someone asked, did Chili write this song for Dallas because of the way she felt? And the answer says, no, Dallas Austin wrote the song. Maybe that's how he felt. Or maybe he was just trying to make some money with the hot song from one of the dopest groups in the 90s. The chorus says, so I creep. Yeah, just keep it on the down low. Said nobody is supposed to know. Oh, like I told y'all, if y'all don't recall or if y'all didn't listen, I told y'all there's going I'm going to be singing. Like there's no way I can look at these lyrics and not like sing it out. You know, it's like it's hard not to. So the next verse is 23rd of loneliness, and we don't talk like we used to do. Now it seems pretty strange, but I'm not bugging because I still feel the same. Yeah, yeah. I'll keep giving love until the day he pushes me away. Never go astray. If he knew the things I did, he couldn't handle it. And I choose to keep him protected. That's so crazy that he wrote this song. But yeah, Creep, classic. Love this song. Definitely one of their best ones. You know, I did not. So so Drake samples one of their songs. Let me go to it. I don't know which one it is because it doesn't, it doesn't go by the same 
title. So Drake, he he has a song called I Get Lonely Too. And he samples one of their songs. Um, Maybe it's one of their interludes. interludes. Let's see. I'm going to try to find it. So not really related to this particular album, but I thought it was cool because I didn't know at first because I think Fan Mail was probably one of the least listened to albums of theirs for me, even though I loved, I loved uh, No Scrubs. I loved uh, Unpretty. Drake, he actually, for his song, I Get Lonely too. He sampled one of their songs off of the fan mail album. So I thought that was that was pretty cool because I didn't know that at first. So when I discovered that, it was like a moment like, wow, I didn't know that. But yeah, so let's go ahead and get into Digging On You. This is my favorite. I love this song. Like I still play it to this day. This one was produced by the genius Babyface. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so this one is my favorite. Like, this song will never get old. Like, never. So, Digging On You was the fourth single from TLC's multi-platinum album, Crazy Sexy Cool, written and produced by Babyface. The song peaked at number five on the Billboard Hot 100 and number seven on the Billboard R&B charts. As with most of TLC's songs, T-Boss sings lead for the bulk of the song, and Chili takes the lead of the bridge. Left Eye isn't featured on the song. Her background vocals were often replaced with those of singer Deborah Killings. Hmm. But she lip sings in the video. Being left out of TLC songs in this way was one of the reasons that I decided. It, yep, that's what I thought. That's exactly what I thought. Because I'm like, maybe at least she's on the background vocals. But I guess, ooh, 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 we're going to go through this. We're going to go through this. So I found something that says what was missing from the TLC movie. So we're going to get into that. But yes, let's finish talking about this song. Who was there? Could have been like anywhere. I was chilling with my hey to participate. Mm-hmm. New relationships. All right, so the chorus is digging and sing, digging on you, digging on me, baby, baby, oh, baby, baby. It's on like that. It's on like that. I gotta be in love, something like that. Oh, digging the scene. Like, oh, baby face, man. That man's pen and producing is just crazy. So the bridge is sung by Chili and T-Bot, or yeah, Chili and then T-Bot's on the back, backgrounds, I guess. So it says, oh, why do I feel the way I do when all I can think about is you? What was it in a line that made me fall for you? Do you know, oh, oh, why I'm digging, digging? Digging, digging on you. And it's song like that. Yes. As you can tell, I love this song. <laughs> I'm being so extra. But yeah, Digging on You, classic, man. I still play this one. Like, out of every, you know, out of all their songs, Digging on You is the one that I always play. 
And then we have red light special. Red light special. So this song definitely fulfills the sexy portion of Crazy Sexy Cool with its sultry guitar solos and raspy yet sexy vocals provided from T-Boz mixed with chili sweet vocals. Babyface was originally, oh, he had originally wrote this song for himself, but he decided to give it to the girls anyway. Well, lucky them. This was the second single off the album and peaked at number two. Their songs was always on the Billboard charts. Like, they didn't have no issues with that. So the chorus is, baby, it's all yours. If you want it tonight, I'll give you that red light special. Let me let me play this one for y'all, too. That beat. So I'll give you that red light special all through the night. Baby, it's yours if you want it tonight. Really sexy, really, really sexy. Hold on, was this the one that they was playing poker in? I think, I don't know. I just look, I just binge watched all their videos today. And maybe I got it mixed up because they do have a video where they're playing poker. Oh, I, and I think it's this one. Yeah, because it was like really, really sexy vibes. So I think that was it. Um. All right, let's go to the next one. So waterfalls. Mm-mm-mm. Really deep message in this song And I love this video So Waterfalls is a Grammy nom- nominated 1995 single by TLC From their second album Crazy Sexy Cool And arguably the gro- group's signature song Yeah I feel like Waterfalls or No Scrubs those Out of those two Those are probably like their signature songs for sure the song was produced by Organized Noise and written by Marquise Etheridge, TLC member Lisa Left Eye Lopez, and Organized Noise. Waterfalls was nominated for Record of the Year and Best Pop Performance by a duo or group of vocal at the 38th Annual Grammy Awards. So this song is really, really deep. So each chord or each verse is talking about like a specific situation and the first verse is about a mother and and I, I love the video because it you know it shows each situation that is you know being sung about in each verse so the first verse a lonely mother gazing out the window staring at a son that she can't she just can't touch if at any time he's in a jam she'll be by his side but he doesn't realize he hurts her so much but all the praying just ain't helping at all because he can't seem to keep himself out of trouble so he goes out and he makes his money the best way he knows how Another body laying cold in the gutter. Choruses, don't go chasing waterfalls. Please stick to the rivers and the lakes that you're used to. I know that you're going to have it your way or nothing at all, but I think you're moving too fast. And that's a very important chorus because it's like you think you know everything. You think you know it's your way or nothing, but you just doing too much and moving too fast. Very, very important song. So let's go into Lisa's verse left eye so i seen the rainbow yesterday but too many storms have come and gone leaving a trace of not one god-given ray is it because my life is in 10 shades of gray i pray all 10 fade away seldom praise him for the sunny days and like his promise is true only my faith can undo the many chances i blew to bring my life to a new 
Clear, blue, and unconditional skies have dried the tears from my eyes. No more lonely cries. My only bleeding hope is for the folk who can't cope with such an enduring pain that it keeps them in the pouring rain. Who's to blame for tooting cane into your own vein? What a shame you shoot and aim for someone else's brain. You claim the insane and name this day and time for falling prey to crime. I say the system's got you victim to your own mind. Dreams are hopeless aspirations and hopes of coming true. Believe in yourself. The rest is up to me and you. Left Eye was definitely, definitely a poet. But that's one thing. Like TLC, they, they have fun. They, you know, did their thing. But they also, like, always had a message. They always took the time to have a message in their music. They had, they had Andre 3000 on a song, on one of the songs. It was the last track called Something Wicked This Way Comes. This phrase originates in Act 6, Scene 1 of Shakespeare play Macbeth. The speaker is a second witch whose full line is, By the pricking of my thumbs, something wicked this way comes. The wicked thing is Macbeth himself, who by this point in the play is a traitor and murderer. Hmm, interesting. I want to play this one. Let's listen to this one. We had was pinkies, but now when 94 it be this way, something come wicked. She aims, killing others for colors. Thanks that we wear for fashion. Other brothers take it for what reason to be blasted. But the cuff is going on. Now soft like butter cuss, but had enough of singing that same song. See, I stayed across the street from the project. To got your mama trash and groceries to her trunk to keep my pockets. Bad like secondly, I'm gonna live in the jail when she put some shoe on it. And I pray to God I won't repeat. I should have bored it when I had the chance to. So Andre 3000 obviously spit in as he always do. So the chorus says, I just don't understand the ways of the world today. Sometimes I feel like there's nothing to live for. So I'm longing for the days of yesterday. Then Left Eye has a verse. She says, Hey, yo, if we could all agree to letting our souls become free of that sweet bitterness, then whose chest would have the most seeds? I'd keep misfocusing my needs and this stress on my back with them gas they be blasting into my knapsack. Ain't no accidental death traps. My mishap is the fact that I'm destined to snap. It's when I feel as though my body's able to go. My mind is ready to flow. Did you know first you catch and then I throw? It's my own sense of time. If I'm late, it's because I'm ending my day just when the sun shines and still gently advising the rising of the moon as it roams around into my sunproof, my soundproof dimension. You know, left eye, she was, a lot of times the, she would end a word that did not really rhyme, you know, like, but that was her style. Like she still was saying something in her verses, but she just had her own style. And it wasn't always about, you know, making sure every single last word of a sentence rhymed. So that was really unique. And I, I like that about her. So let's get into this article I came across. So it says, what was missing from the TLC movie? Interesting. So I this is I barely I really just came across this right now so I don't know what it's gonna say here but we're gonna get into it so it's on www.jaysaysonline.com 
On October 21st, VH1 finally premiered the highly publicized and anticipated TLC biopic, Crazy Sexy Cool, a TLC story. Being one of the biggest fans of the group there is, I was so excited to hear about it. I know just about everything there is to know about each TLC member and their personal struggles. So the idea of seeing it play out in a cinematic format had me on the edge of my seat, at least initially. There was much promise upon the beginning of the film, leading right before Tion T. Boz Watkins and Lisa Left Eye Lopez got discovered, signed, and moved through the process of finding a new member, which ended up being Rosanda Chili Thomas. More on that in a moment. And recording their first album. The 150-minute, including commercials, movie was great for those who didn't know TLC's backstory, and it gave a little insight on the climate of the music industry at that time. The performances from lead actresses Drew Sador as T-Boss, Little Mama, Left Eye, and Kiki Palmer Chili was surprisingly good, with Little Mama shining through as the best actress of the film. In addition to Rochelle Ates, who portrayed the group's first manager, Perry Pebbles Reed. The movie was a great summary of the ladies' perils and triumphs as one of the best-selling female groups of all time. However, my qualm as a fan was the fact it was just that, a summary. Its brevity of their most successful album errors, Crazy Sexy Cool and Fan Mail, and over-magnification of somewhat interesting yet trivial conflicts made the movie come off as a dramatized Cliff Notes version of Behind the Music. TLC's Behind the Music debatably did more in one hour than this film did in two and a half. It ultimately lets certain facts seem more elusive and not clarified than express the whole truth of, for what it was. Firstly, the movie was extremely biased. In Left Eye's absence, T-Boz and Chili were the ones who constructed and pitched the TLC story to VH1 scriptwriters, and that, ironically, was probably more of a minus than a plus because aspects of their background were told from a limited perspective and presented as truth without further explanation. For example, the firing of Crystal Jones was attributed in the film to her inability to sing perform in front of L.A. Reid and Pebbles during the audition. However, According to Jones, the reality was since she was the original lead of the group, she called additions to former group to begin with. Pebbles privately presented her with the contract first, and when Jones insisted on showing the contract to her mother for further review, Pebbles later encouraged T-Boz and Left Eye to oust her. To put it in perspective, if Jones was such a poor performer, how did she get the chance to exclusively audition for her own group before introducing the group to Arista Records, Pebble Tone? How did the group record demos under the name of Second Nature with producers like Jermaine Dupree if she was so terrible? Maybe T-Boz got the impression that Jones singing was the blame or was to blame because that's what she was told. Or maybe there was an instance where Jones bombed a performance. Jones's story wasn't the only one that fell prey to the limited perspective. Hmm, That's interesting because remember I said that I thought it was funny how in the in the movie it showed crystal and she she just could not sing like she was she did terrible so hmm, maybe that is interesting if it didn't really happen that way okay during the fan mail era lisa was upset and ventured out as a soloist not just because of larry's influence the man she was dating at the time but because she felt as if management a and r etc viewed her as ornamental much of her background vocals on the album were replaced by those of Deborah Killings, a singer who previously be provided backing vocals while Lopez was in rehab. Without Lopez's consent or knowledge, 
the same way her epic rap on No Scrubs mysteriously vanished from the final album cut without explanation. Huh? Due to the jagged and abrupt manner some of the left eye scenes were written in, it gave the sense that she was having diva-like temper tantrums. Yeah, I can... It, it did kind of do that because in the in the movie, she met this dude, whoever he is, Larry. I don't know who he's supposed to be, but she the movie depicts that she left it. She met this dude and he was just in her ear like, yeah, you need to be sync. You need to go solo like you the one holding this group together. You the one that be coming up with all the, you know, concepts and you the one that be doing the writing. Whoop, whoop, whoop. So he was in her head and in the movie, it made it seem like she was just like he was able to manipulate her to, you know, decide to go solo. So it says her erratic behavior wasn't sudden or was stemmed in narcissism. It was in order to prove she was just as vital as the other two members. Maybe these were very important details were left out because they occurred throughout the glazed over and rushed past crazy, sexy, cool, and fan mail periods. So, yeah, that is something that I, I wondered about because in the movie, it doesn't really touch on that. Like, it doesn't go into details about Lisa and how she felt about you know her contributions to the songs and how it was mainly just t-boz and chili on every song like it didn't really get into that so that's why you know i was wondering like i wonder if she felt that way one one could imagine that she did for sure so next it says one of the biggest pitfalls of the biopic is that the entire first hour was stuck within the year of 1991 we didn't even see them celebrate going platinum for the from the first album until the second hour emerged and seeing as how TLC had an 11 year career span of four albums you can only imagine how condensed their career would seem on screen given the remaining time granted a lot transpired in their inaugural year example the the death of Lopez's father and Thomas abortion but some points were simply stretched for no reason like the overabundance of player scenes where Dallas Austin played by Everett Ross flirted with various women while being entangled with Thomas yeah they did like they did spend a lot of time talking about Dallas and Chili's um relationship like these type of movies should at least be two hours long at the least two hours so let's see how long is this one and it was just like it just made her Chili look silly like girl why are you still trying so hard to be with this nigga for what but I mean at the same time I was understanding to that because I get it when you're young and you meet somebody and you uh they tell you different things sell you dreams so it's all it's only an hour and 45 minutes which I mean almost two hours so they could have definitely add another 15 minutes up in there for it to be two hours because they just didn't I definitely feel like they didn't cover enough all right, so let's see where we at. Some of the scenes could have been replaced with the supporting information that Thomas was dealing with Austin's crap because she's trying to fill the void of a male figure in her life. Yeah, they could have touched on that. Thomas' father walked out on her family. Her meeting her dad was filmed in 1996 on a Sally Jesse Raphael show. So they do show that in the Behind the Music episode. What might have been considered minutiae the small precise or trivial details of something oh okay 
So what might have been considered minutiae could have helped the movie be more thorough and equally informative and emotional. Creative specifics were missing just as much as the intimate ones, which was my other issue with the script's focus. This is a history-making group, and the audience wasn't given much insight as to why, in terms of artistry. We didn't get any behind-the-scenes moments of the, on the creation of the albums or TLC's signature sound. When TLC was in their infancy as second nature, t sang in the high middle voice until singing a low harmony for a demo with Jermaine Dupree. Dupree loved the texture and quality behind it and basically told Watkins, you should sing like this all the time. Left Eye came up with every album title from first to last, stage designs for tours, and even their clothing styles. Chili and T-Boss came up with the choreography because the label didn't get them a choreographer. They made the dance moves to waterfalls on set in like five minutes because the director decided last minute that they should do choreography. Some inferences regarding creativity were inaccurate, such as the implication that the ladies came up with the premise of the song Creep because they were all being cheated on at the time. Austin wrote the song, Was It Shade? And Lopez disagreed with the message of it, which was said in a passing scene. Her rap for the Creep remix was indicated this. Also indicated this. TLC had an opportunity to give a modern, up-to-date portrayal of the music industry and shed light on the politics they've commented on in interviews. But instead, they tried to go the more melodramatic route. The melodrama was inevitable and it would have been more hard-hitting had they stuck to telling more of their story. This leads to my last point. I definitely do agree with that. They didn't really get into their creativity, like what individual member did and how they played a part in the group altogether. It just it didn't get into that really at all. Like there are there is a scene where we see them coming up with the choreography, but we won't really get into the nitty gritty of how the songs were put together, how their style was created, like none of that. We don't get to see any of that. So earlier I mentioned that acting was overall surprisingly good. However, it wasn't great. I think the actresses chosen did the best they could, but the with the exception of Little Mama, they never embodied the characters to maximum capacity. I didn't cry or feel in a frog in my throat when Chili had an abortion. I didn't feel sad when T-Boss' sick of self flared up, and I didn't have pity for Left Eye's personal tragedies culminating into alcoholism. I didn't even cry the moment Left Eye passed away, and they mourned her loss. These are all things I should have connected to, especially being a huge TLC fan. Mm, I guess, Yeah, I can agree with that. I don't think Drew Sador's performance was that great. Um, I, I I mean, I think Kiki Palmer is a good actress, so that's probably why I liked hers, but I can understand her sentiment of her not really embodying Chili, and Lil Mama is not the best actress. She really isn't. I don't, I, but I think that's maybe just to lack of experience, you know, and not just having that natural talent as an actor, but I think they, you know, they did good. I cried during the last days of Left Eye documentary. And felt a frog in my throat when I heard Chili break down in the interview and say she fell apart if her life was taken when she had an abortion. This emotional disconnection the actresses have from their counterparts just makes the movie cute and nice. Not great or awe-inspiring. I can I can agree with that. All in all, the movie was decent and somewhat informative for those new to the history. But it left out plenty of important details to bring it full circle. 
Sadly, those details 15 years from now will not be questioned, but taken as truth. Crystal had no talent. Lisa was a narcissistic drunk with an attitude problem. Chili had no real backbone regarding men, and T-Boz lacked emotion, even in the hospital bed. If the legacy continues with those half-truths and omissions seen as fact, then it probably won't be continued for the right reasons. Thank you for that, Eddie J says. I think that was beautifully written. And I can definitely agree with those notions, for sure. Because the movie wasn't all that great, but it was, you know, it's, a, it's still good and it's still interesting to see, you know, this is a, it was about a group that, that, you know, we loved and was so, so iconic and set so many trends. And I, so this actually was on VH1. I said Lifetime. Yeah, VH1. So, yeah. I think that I can agree with a lot of that. They they could have definitely went into more detail in the movie to make us understand each character more. They could have spent more time on that. They just kind of like went through things so quickly. And and there wasn't really a sense of like understanding like what time, like when when did this happen? Like what time, what year was this? Like you don't really know unless you like look it up. Like you don't know like when this happened because it they don't really spend time like really um explaining that or doing different things to make a person understand who's not already familiar with this different situations they don't really get into the fact that they don't have their fathers in their life I mean it's it's obvious because we don't see them but that would have kind of gave a little more context as to why you know they had the troubles that they had. They really didn't go into too much of T-Boz's relationships. There was like a few scenes, but not not too much about that. Um, they really glossed over her having a child. They didn't, you know, it was just different things that we didn't, they didn't spend enough time on that they should have. So, so yeah, but if you are someone who, in you know, loves TLC, I still do recommend watching it because I mean it's still a good watch but there's just a lot of things that they they could have done better well I hope you all enjoyed this episode on TLC crazy sexy cool please rate review the um, podcast on whatever platform you choose to listen I'll greatly appreciate it that does help with discovery and it, it just you know makes me look good you know people like to look at reviews I'm someone who likes to look at reviews at anything that I'm deciding to listen to or use or you know whatever so if you got time please do your girl a favor and rate the podcast leave a review let me know how you're feeling the podcast so far you can also follow me on ig um well that's my website cassiesvibespod.com but my ig is just cassiesvibespod and that helps you stay up to date you see what the next you know what the new schedule will be because I'm going to be putting a new schedule out because we're we're getting to the nitty-gritty after this episode there'll be three more episodes that's actually on the schedule that's out so I have to put out the next you know couple episodes after that so next week we're going to be getting into waiting to exhale the movie and I'm excited about that because it's a lot of things to get into with that movie and that's a really classic movie. Whitney Houston, Angela Bassett, who did the thing. <laughs> and Loretta Devine, uh, Layla Rashawn. Like, that's a really 
good movie and I just can't wait to talk about it and I hope you can't wait to listen so thank you so much for tuning in and until next time vibe out